Are you looking for a resource to discuss all topics air conditioning? Well, you're in the right space. Join the Rawson boys as they discuss the hot topics and the cold hard facts. This is the Air Conditioning Podcast. G'day guys and welcome to the Air Conditioning Podcast where we discuss all things air conditioning, the hot topics and the cold oh, hard facts. Brad. Yeah. to you, sir. What are we up to now? 45, I think. 45. 45. And uh, nice to see you in the flesh. Yeah, that's right. Last time it was uh, the Zoom. Zoom, 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 Zoom runner yeah. because we had uh, the SA lockdown. Yep. And things have gone a bit... Going a bit pear-shaped at the moment, isn't it? A bit weird. Uh, we had, we, we came out, well, SA came out of their seven-day lockdown. We've got Victoria uh, about to go back into one. Yeah. Uh, we've got New South Wales and all sorts of problems. They've got mm. 230... Three cases, I think. Yeah. Um, Just got to get vaccinated fast. That's right. Queensland now is a, is a concern. Yeah. Kids in, in hospital with bloody COVID and their anyway, parents are in there looking doom after them. But then we'll, we'll but get through it. We will get through it. But the key, as you said, Brad, rightly so, is go and get that jab. Yeah, for sure. Only way forward. Let's get back into uh, normal life. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, t- uh, guys, today uh, we have uh, a guest on who is um, from Airmaster Australia. And Airmaster is an award-winning building services company providing HVAC and R management, smart building solutions and fire services across Australia, New Zealand and the South uh, East Asia Pacific region, Brad. Uh, so from Airmaster, please welcome Scott Kenny to the show. G'day, Scott. Welcome, Scott. Hey guys, how are we? Good, Good mate. Thank you mate. for coming on. No, no problem. Anytime. No, we, uh, we're grateful for you being here. Um, and look, um, for those who aren't familiar with uh, Air Master, mate, and uh, perhaps uh, you personally, we'd love to hear a bit about your background. Uh, yeah, so I've not long been 40 years old. Um, I've been in the trade for 23 years now. And yeah, started as an apprentice, grew up in western suburbs of Sydney. Uh, started as an apprentice with a uh, commercial refrigeration company and Beautiful. ended up at a commercial air conditioning business and that evolved into me starting with Airmaster back in 2007. So I guess to go from a start, I grew up in um, the western suburbs of Sydney. Um, so for people from, from New South Wales, sort of out, sort of Penrith way. Yeah. Um, and I did work experience as a refrigeration mechanic in high school. Um, when I was in my year 12 and I got offered an apprenticeship with a small uh, commercial refrigeration company, uh, cool rooms, freezer rooms, you know, clubs, hotels, that sort of stuff. So I left school and started that um, in 1998 and uh, I, I got um, let go from that business when um, the business just kind of changed and there was uh, a bit of a separation between the partners. So a few of us got let go. I was one of them. Um, I ended up at a, at a company called Thomas Clark. It's no longer around. Um, they were a commercial air conditioning construction slash service um, in Sydney. And at the peak of their existence, they had sort of 600 guys um, because they were doing everything in-house. So design, construction, installation, commissioning, manufacturing switchboards. Um, we had our own building automation uh, system out there um, called Helix, and we had we were making our own circuit boards and a lot of stuff. We did a lot of stuff in house, and you know, early two thousands, that all kind of changed, yep. um, and we became basically a service operation. That business um, ceased to exist, got sold, and then through you know through subsequent sales, it kind of lost its identity. It's now Aces. Um, I listened to one of the earlier podcasts, one of the guys from Orange that was working for Aces. That's yep. now that business. Um, yeah, right. And I moved on to Carrier as a uh, technician. And I learned, I'd always been sort of working with chiller technicians and guys on large scale stuff because mm-hmm. that's what I loved. And I was provided opportunities to do that. And then when I went to Carrier, that's where the chiller, chiller thing really kicked off for me. Yep. Because we had a lot of work. And a lot of it was two-man work, a lot of uh, OEM repair work for other air conditioning contractors. Yep. And it just kind of went from there. And my knowledge really, yeah, that's where I really wanted to take it. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. 
it's certainly an interesting sector of the industry. I mean, look, I still do general air work. Well, today, for argument's sake, I was cleaning a, a evaporator coil on a high wall split. Yeah, right. You know, um, I predominantly love chiller work, but, yeah. you know, jobs are jobs. comes along, don't you? Yeah. Well, look, you do what comes along, and, and part of being a good service mechanic is you've got to be adaptable in what you yeah. do. You've got to take on jobs. Look, you, you're always going to get guys that don't, that particularly with chiller guys, you'll get um, some chiller guys that just won't touch anything but. Yeah. And unfortunately at the moment with the, the workload that we have and the way the environment is across the board, you've kind yeah. of just got to take what comes up. Um, and doing work for the Commonwealth government re uh, requires you to go through a vetting process. Uh, not everyone is suited to that. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm vetted. So, you know, those jobs kind of come to me to be done. Yeah, that's, nice. just, that's just what I do, and yeah. um, that's how it is. How long have you been working for Airmaster? Uh, so I've done two stints with Airmaster. I started with them in 2007. I did three and a half years. I left to pursue an opportunity in uh, the marine sector of the industry. Um, that didn't kind of eventuate how it should have, and I left there, went and worked for another couple of smaller companies, and I returned to Airmaster in 2010, and uh, I've been there ever since. So coming up on, I've come, I'm actually coming up on uh, 11 years now. Yeah, right. I've ever been so, around for what, 30, 30 something years? Yeah, Airmaster. 1988, um, they started. Yeah. And uh, it's a unique business, the size it is now. I mean, you know, we have branches in every, uh, every state. And we've got Optimum Air in New Zealand and um, there, there's things going on all over the place. Um, mm. We've moved into um, the fire side of things um, and there's been some acquisitions there in recent times in the last couple of months. But the business is kind of funny in that the, the growth nationally has been organic and on the back of our customers' growth. Um, not so much going and acquiring other businesses to give yourself a national organisation, but it's been there's been a business case to expand, and we've done that, or yep. they have done that. And um, they had a Sydney office. It was a smaller team of guys. I um, a good mate of mine, Luke, who was working for him. I was actually working for a company at the time that uh, was doing temper zone warranty work. I went out to do a temper zone call. Next thing you know, we're having a chat you know, around the tailgate of the car about, you know, was I interested in coming across to Airmaster? And, you know, within 24 hours, I'd sign on the dotted line and there I was. There you yeah. go. <laughs> but it's a very uh, customer-focused kind. The way we do business is a little bit different to what I was used to. We kind of, we listen to customers' requirements and expectations and we kind of tailor our service offering to what our customers want, which yeah. is... We've been successful with, uh, as an organisation, not so much me personally, but the business has been successful in retaining a number of customers for the entire 32, 33 years we've been in mm. business. Um, which so it's all, it's all service-based type stuff, isn't it? And yeah, look, we're a service company, service yeah. maintenance, um, you know, 24-7 breakdowns, that sort of thing. We do do projects. Um, we have a projects division in each state and, yeah. and that's tailored to the individual market mm -hmm. in which the, the branches operate. Um, but it's not, we're not a greenfield construction business. We're not mm -hmm. going on to building sites, um, design and install and plant. We're, we're servicing, repairing. If we've got a customer wants a chiller replacement, yeah, we'll quote it, we'll, we'll tender it. Yeah. Um, if we've got customers that are, you know, wanting to replace package units or whatever, yeah, we'll, we'll have a crack at it, no problem. Um, and we'll, we'll come up with a, you know, we've got an in-house engineering team and all that as well and a, mm -hmm. and a full, fully, you know, projects-focused uh, department, but it's more on the retrofit plant replacement yeah, as right. opposed to greenfield construction work. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. It's, um, I also saw on, your, on the website, the Airmaster website, um, the, uh, in the, the the maintenance programs that you use for um, for getting the data and, and it's all sort of remotely managed. How, that's that's pretty impressive. How does that all work? Um, 
Yeah, that's an interesting thing. So we have a couple of, of service offerings. We've got a, uh, a plant, it's called Evaluate. So it's a, uh, it's a data acquisition tool as much as uh, it is a, uh, a plant tool. It's, it's, our customers have a portal into it as well. So basically what we do is we go to a site, we uh, get a list of equipment from a client, we go to the site, we catalogue the equipment that's on site, we put it into our Evaluate database, we barcode, we have barcodes that we stick on each item of plant. So yeah. it gives, what it gives us as service mechanics is it gives me, I go to a site, like a 50 story office tower, I have a full list of every asset on that site. So it gives us um, an accurate list of what we're responsible for maintaining. It gives Mm -hmm. the customer a list of what's on their site because quite Mm -hmm. often with with big customers, shopping centers, et cetera, they don't always know what they have. Um, And that might sound strange to people who don't work in in that sector of the industry. But when you're looking at a Westfield that's got 10,000 plan items, yeah. Again, you're looking at everything from fan coils, <coughs> package units, chillers, pumps, you Exhaust know, steel fans, <laughs> you name it, yeah. neck ventilation. Um, and, and, you know, I've looked after centers for four and five years and you, you, there will be an extension and it'll change and then you'll find gear or there'll be gear added, subtracted. And it's, it's a dynamic environment. Mm. So what Evaluate does is that gives um, us a base to work with and we can review that as time goes on. Um, as we replace equipment, obviously we update it. It gives our customers uh, an accurate view of what they have in their, in their facility or their building. And we timeline equipment for replacement. Um, mm-hmm. Customers can drill down into the data and see how much each asset's costing them to maintain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, so that's one of the, the systems that we have um, in place. We do have the uh, the digital maintenance and the analytical side of it. Mm. Um, analytics in big buildings is is an emerging thing. Um, mm. We have been at the forefront of that. Our, our, our CEO Noel is right across uh, what he calls big data and mm-hmm. and analytics. So what we're kind of doing. And what we have done in the past, and there's a, there's a lot of products out there, but specifically what we've been doing is we've been um, linking systems together. So we have um, we have a system where we put an analytics in over the top of a BMS or in conjunction with a BMS or yep. a DDC, and the analytics is is able to predict operating conditions. It's able to predict. Um, what equipment that's connected to the BMS is going to require maintenance more so than, you know, rather than turning yeah. up every month and having, say, eight hours on a site and we're going to check the same fan coils we checked last month. Yeah, yeah. Going, yeah. The, the, the system, that the kind of the theory behind it is the system with all the analytics and everything um, interconnected yeah. is going to look at the plant and it's going to direct the technician via his mobile device um, to what, requires maintenance yeah yeah what critical plan arms require maintenance based on based on things like runtime yeah. um when it was last maintained etc and that's imagine, adaptable to whatever across the board i would imagine um in those sorts of um plants and so forth uh, um they'd be pretty uh, keen on knowing their what their energy consumption and all that is uh, you know what's going on and what's using the power what's not and um, that's where that sort of would come into it. I kind of come into the trade um, at, at an interesting time because when I started, I was working on cool rooms and freezer rooms and things like that. And I, I was only a printer, but we would do, we were still dealing with R12, um, you yeah. know, mechanical controls, face fail controllers were a luxury item, you know, like you still had your, your pen thermostat on the wall of a cool room and, yeah. you know, um, analog thermostats like Honeywell mercury bulb thermostats and things like that, you know, yeah. regulator ET45 was like the pinnacle of technology at the yeah. time when I was an apprentice. And uh, I remember going into buildings in, in Sydney as an apprentice going into high rise office buildings and seeing variable speed drives on air handling units and exhaust fans. And, you know, thinking it was sort of star Wars type stuff. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, we got variable speed drive condensing units for refrigeration and yeah. um, 
you know, they're, they're pretty much every, any sort of commercial office building you go into these days, they've got variable speed drives on everything yeah, because it's yeah. a good energy management thing for them. Yeah. It allows more accurate control. And yeah, the building, building owners and shopping center operators are looking at energy yeah, and any, sure. anything they can do to optimize plan operation. And, and Airmaster kind of seeing that gap in the market, we've gone for it. Yeah, and yeah. we've come up with systems and solutions and things to kind of um, yeah set yourself to apart. Run with, yeah, yeah, and our customers have come to us and said, "Look, we're looking at this. What can you do to um, help us optimize what we have?" Mm. And look, not every customer has the budget to rip their plan out yeah, and replace right. it. Yeah, you know, particularly in regional areas, um, different styles of operators. Not every customer can mm. can just throw their plan out and replace it. So you've got clients that have 35 to 40 year old plant, and yeah. they they want an energy solution as much as the customer who's got an unlimited budget. So yeah. we need to kind of look at across the board and go, well, what can we do for this customer? You know, I've I've retrofitted, I've done a lot of retrofits over the years. Um, I've retrofitted a lot of large scale DX to you know, Corel, EVD, VR drivers. Um, I just finished one in a shopping centre a couple of weeks ago. We changed the VR drivers from EVD1 to the latest EVD Corel. Um, they're not driving Corel VRs. They're driving Alco VRs, I think, from memory. But we yeah. were able to optimise that and, you know, better superheat control. Um, yeah. it's, it's a bits of compact screw compressor. So, you know, we're able to fully utilise all the control and the capability that those screw compressors have with more accurate valve control, which means less runtime, which means lower running yeah, um, yeah, cost exactly. for the client. And, you know, that's the, they're sort of the things that we have to think about. You can't yeah, just walk right. onto sites and be constantly saying to customers, you need to replace your plant. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Are those controls, um, uh, obviously they're, they're easier to set up for you, have super heats and all that sort of thing. Are they, yeah. um, are they as reliable, do you think? Are they, or, you know, do they cause, have their own issues? Um, a lot being of the new, issues being are, new technology. A lot of the issues I come across personally are commissioning or setup issues. Um, not to say that the installing contractor has done the wrong thing, but have all the scenarios for that particular piece of plant being thought about at the stage where it was commissioned. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard to commission, and I've just been through it here. It's hard to commission expansion vows in winter because you don't yeah. have the load. You've got to artificially generate load to, yeah. to. So what I'll do is in summertime I'll go back and I'll re-go through all the parameters in that yeah. valve driver and what I need to change I'll change to match a load the compressors are under at the time. Yeah. Um. But generally the stuff's reliable. Corel. I've had a lot um, of dealings with Corel product over the years, and I've never really had an issue. Yeah. Um, and as we move from basic electronics to really sophisticated stuff. The R and D, I feel the R and D the manufacturers are putting in is a lot better than what yeah. it was. You know, I mean, early early um, chillers that had electronic expansion VRs and liquid level sensors and things like that. Yeah, you had the odd liquid level float play up. You know, that's kind of not the you know, ten years ago you were changing liquid level sensors and doing yep. things like that on chillers, but now you're not. Yeah, they're, right. they're getting better. Um, the yeah. stuff's getting a lot better. And yeah. they're sort of looking at Australian, the Australian market and Australian conditions, and they're tailoring equipment to suit our market. Yeah. Um, previously, I've worked on a lot of stuff that's come out of Europe, and it wasn't suited to Australian conditions, even though they'd engineered it. But the practical thing was that once we hooked a machine up and got it running, we had a lot of problems, and it was a lot of back and forth to factories and getting people involved to kind of come to overcome that. Yeah, I find now that the a lot of the OEMs and a lot of component suppliers are looking at that. Yeah, but the reliability yeah. is good. Um, yeah. I haven't changed a valve driver that's failed for probably a good eight nine years now. Yeah, right. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You've got a bit of bit of variation. Oh yeah, definitely. I kind of um, have trod a different path, perhaps to what a lot of air conditioning technicians do, or yeah, you know, I mean, I don't see myself as an air conditioning technician. I'm a refrigeration mechanic by trade, and and I love working on, you know, give me a reciprocating eight cylinder train 
overdrive compressed any day of the week. That's what I like. Um, but I have made a point of trying to stay fresh and to chase opportunities and expand my technical knowledge. Um, you could kind of look at the air conditioning industry in the commercial sector and see a career path that's pretty well trodden, which is apprentice, technician, supervisor, account manager, service manager, you know, and then there's this management. I don't really have a great interest in stepping away from the tools. Yep. I love being on the road. I like seeing different things. I like seeing different plants. I've lived in, lived in different cities. I've um, volunteered to do a lot of the regional travel work um, around Victoria, around the ACT and that Southern Tablelands area of New South Wales. Yep. So when I was living in Canberra, I was covering the South Coast, Cooma, Griffith, you know, the Central West out to Bathurst, Cowra, Whatever came up, I was always sticking my hand up to travel and see different things. Yeah, yeah. And um, just keep myself fresh. And I've still got, I'm 40 years old, um, so I've been doing it for 23 years, and I've still got a hunger for pulling the tools out and um, or developing knowledge as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the opportunity to come down here and work in that airport on yeah. a, a plant that's very unique Yep. It just is something that I really, really wanted to do. And it, it still excites me. I really, I still get excited by going to work and seeing that sort of stuff. Yeah. Is that an old plant down there or is that it, it's an old section they've it's, added on it's to had, um, The airport was built in 71. So I don't have anything to do with the air side stuff in the terminals all that much. I mostly, mainly just work in the terminal services building, um, which, you know, the, the, the chiller and heating plant is, is, technically off-sites in a separate building yep. um, they've actually got a tri-gen plant there as well so you've got um, a tri-gen plant we don't maintain that but we do have a little bit to do with it the tri-gen plant you've got you know gas engine um, generators which are supply and power they're also got absorption chillers and absorption boilers which yep. obviously utilize the exhaust heat from those generators um, and then we've got a terminal services building that houses a high temp hot water plant, centrifugal chillers, they've been replaced. Um, some of those chillers are replaced in the late 90s, some in the early 2000s. Um, and then we've got another building around the other side of the terminal complex that has, you know, high temp boilers and chillers in that. Yep. So the air side stuff, there's a lot of original. Airport is, is a bit like a shopping centre. You've yep. got the original, and then as the airport's expanded, the plant's been updated Yeah. to the yep. point where we've got like, the latest terminal, the gear is probably what, maybe eight years old. Yeah, yeah. So it's quite yeah. modern. And they they're going... always looking to update and upgrade and replace and be more efficient. Yeah, are they going more towards um, like big VR, VRV systems or VRF systems these days, or are they still, they still are... seeing? They have in some of the, at the, at the airport, and it's, this is why the airport is a great thing. Um, and, and big facilities are, but there in particular, they do have a lot of VRV, uh, Dakin VRV on site there uh, because certain terminals, that's what the design call for. So they've gone with a VRV, VRF. Mm. Um, we, I personally don't see a lot of it. <clears throat> I've worked on it in the past, but I kind of have seen a bit of a shift from VRF, VRV, that sort of equipment to small capacity chillers. Yeah. Um, so I've worked in a supermarket where previously in in a you know Woolworths, Coles, IGA, whatever, take whatever supermarket you like, you would have a refrigeration plant with a heat recovery valve, you know, and that you, you're using a condenser uh, hot gas to to heat the store, and you would have a DX plant, you know, might have a package unit for back of house, and the main store's got a DX plant on it. What has uh, I've seen recently is we've moved away from that to VRF, mm -hmm. fan coils everywhere, and you've got your VRF. Well, then they've moved away from that now to small package chillers, mm. like a four-pipe chiller. So one of the, the a supermarket down here in Melbourne, you've got a four-pipe chiller that is supplying chill water for the air conditioning, but it's also supplying domestic hot water you know, through a closed loop where yep. providing hot water for the store, it's heating, it's cooling, it's doing everything through the four pipe chiller. Yep. And I've seen in Canberra, Canberra is an interesting place because being a, 
uh, a Commonwealth government, sort of obviously the national capital is a lot of Commonwealth government facilities, but there's a call for energy efficient buildings. Mm. A lot of buildings in Canberra are regularly refurbished and regularly retrofitted to suit the changing needs of, of the building government occupants. Government departments. <laughs> government departments. Yeah. Um, even private, a lot of private. There's a lot of hotels and things like that. So I've had the pleasure of working on some unique stuff. Like there's a building up there that I worked on. It's a heritage listed building. Completely gutted it. New mechanical plant. Four-pipe chiller with slab and wall heating. Yeah, right. But also providing cooling water yeah. to another yeah. part of the building. Yeah. And that's what I have seen the market... Um, kind of going to in those smaller applications is rather than have uh, a VRF, and I'm sure you would have seen some um, that have, you know, you've got 25 condensers on the roof and, you know, pipe racks that are four or five metres wide with a million pipes on them. Yeah. Um, and, and massive refrigerant charges to go with it. Oh, exactly. I've seen yeah. a lot of customers are like, well, we don't want that because of the refrigerant charge. It's huge. If there's a yeah. leak, we're going to be up for thousands. Let's look at using it, utilizing a small chiller. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and, and previously, 20 years ago, you didn't get chillers that small unless it was a process chiller for a manufacturing facility. Yeah, yeah, they weren't there for comfort cooling. Yeah, I think the new, the new stuff coming out now is, um, they're uh, of which I've only just heard of is that they're using VR, VRV or VRF um, uh, systems to, uh, and they're using their, um, like branch box and then they're going to like a water loop yeah it's actually talking cooling. about um like that about that to someone today there yeah i think lg are doing it yeah where you've yeah. got a, a basically a water cool branch box yeah that's right yeah would be an interesting thing to see yeah because you obviously yeah. the you you're not having to worry so much about your uh, your refrigerant um density you know when it comes to small offices and things like that so yep it's uh, very interesting. I think Mitsubishi are doing that. They're, they're bringing out one as well. So yeah, um, it'd be, a, um, be an interesting sector of the market though. Mm, um, yeah. Down here in Melbourne, there's a lot of water source heat pumps, which are not something I've seen a lot of in the ACT. Yeah. Yeah. Sydney, you know, not so much either. They're there, but there's not, they're not a great focus on them. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. something that there's quite common here in Melbourne, water source heat pumps yeah. where you've got yeah. a boiler, you know, piped into the condenser water. Yeah. Through a heat exchanger, generally closed loop. Yep. And you're running a boiler to provide heat load on that uh, water loop. Yeah. And then Not something I pump. see a lot of, but I, I have actually seen, um, I have seen a bit of it around in Adelaide um, just recently, but um, yeah, I don't have much to do with it though. But uh, yeah, it's obviously pretty efficient. That's why they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's efficient. Yeah. Um, provided the boiler works, it's all good. Yeah, that's the right. Fails, you're in a lot of trouble, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see how the market's adapting to that energy yeah. efficiency. Uh, the call for it across the board too. Yeah, exactly mm -hmm. right. Yeah, how long have you been with uh, Airmaster? Or have we have we asked that? No. How long have you been? With um, well, I've been. Yes, yeah, so I did two stints. So oh, that's right. We stint did. Is, we did go yeah, there. Yeah, I'm just coming yeah. up on eleven years now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, You've had yeah, good, ex business. good exposure to a lot, of, a lot of good stuff by the sounds of it. Um, yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of people who would perhaps maybe criticise working for a large business, big organisation. Um, Airmaster wasn't as big as it is now um, when I started there, but it's grown and yeah. big opportunities have come with it and I've just taken them on and... You know, I mean, that, that's not for everyone. Some people yeah. are comfortable just doing what they want to do and then that's in, totally fine. The beauty of, of this industry is that you you make it. You're, you're in charge of your own destiny. Yeah. If you want to go and, and bash splits in residential, great, go for it. And there's a call for that. Yeah. But if you want to go and do, you know, minus 70 degree freezers in a hospital, there's a call for that too. And yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've you... found... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I found by just approaching my service manager or account managers that we have and just saying, look, I would like to get some exposure on this has always been met with uh, enthusiasm by, mm. you know, by my colleagues. They've said, yeah, no worries. We'll give you the exposure if you want it. Yeah. yeah I think that's, that's probably uh, one advantage of working for a, a big organisation is that you, you, you can get that exposure to, to different areas where, 
you know, we're, we we wouldn't see any of that sort of stuff. No. We're, we're more much more residential and sort of light commercial. So that's really where we're at. And we don't get that opportunity, I suppose, to to get involved in the, you know, some of that other stuff that might, might be really interesting. Oh, yeah. And look, residential is not something I've done. And yeah, yeah. Um, from what I and I know a lot of people that are in the residential sector, <laughs> but there's an art form to being a great residential business or a good yeah. residential technician as well. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah, there's yeah, opportunities yeah. across the board. Oh, and 100%. Yeah. There's not one. I don't identify with this one sector of the industry discounting another. No, um, no. You know, like Fridgey's saying aircon blokes are, you know, all we do is wash filters or, yeah. you know, commercial blokes are domestic, all they do is bash splits. You know, um, I think we've all seen a, a pretty poorly installed split and we've yeah, all seen yeah. works of art too. So, yeah, that's right. you know, yeah. there's, I don't, I don't really identify with that. I like commercial industrial. Yeah. Um, and I like working for Airmaster because it suits me. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. not for everyone. You've got yeah. to have those, but, all those sides, don't you? Because yeah, otherwise the, you know, the economy wouldn't be where it is without the, the guys who put in splits or the guys that are doing chillers and all yeah, that stuff. Right. Like yeah. you, so. Well, I remember when I was a kid, we had ducted air put in a home. Our care split ducted, still running to this day. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, simplicity is at its finest there. Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't, it, air conditioning was not it wasn't a necessity it was viewed as a luxury yeah Yeah, that's Um, right it was nice to have if you could afford it in the 90s but now there wouldn't be a house in your street that didn't at least have a split in it that's that's right right. exactly exactly. and some of the technology in the residential sector is mind-blowing um these these my zone systems and things like that i'm not familiar with any of it i wouldn't know one of a my zone to the other but yeah I've seen them in people's houses and they're just amazing. Wi-Fi yeah. control and all this sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So there's certainly yeah. a call for expertise across the board. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Have you um have you ever sort of has it ever crossed your mind about crossing over to the smaller stuff or you just you you you've, um, you've always been focused on yeah that look part? I've always kind of been commercial industrial um focused. Yeah. Um I'd I'd probably give it a go i mean moving from sydney to canberra um was really the probably the best thing i did as far as evolving because it was going from a a business that had sort of 30 or 40 technicians down to uh when i went to canberra there was only three of us and the time i went to canberra it was a stinking hot summer and it was just going gangbusters we had service calls we had breakdowns we had after hours jobs coming in it was just it was all happening yeah and it was a new city and i didn't know one end of it from the other because previously i'd only ever gone to canberra to go to summer nats and yeah, right. that was it you know so yeah. i didn't go there and i didn't know the place and then i found being a regional it, you know it, it is a national capital however it's a regional city mm-hmm. yeah. um, and yeah. it's a regional area surrounded by country towns yeah. so there's a real country town feel to yeah. it at the yeah. moment you sort of venture out of the cdd into the suburbs and obviously we're covering country towns around the area. Yeah. So yeah, it was a it was an interesting challenge. And you work it on smaller plant too. You're going yeah. from, you know, two weeks ago I was working in uh, Westfield Centre Point, you know, which is yeah. a massive building. Obviously, it's a, you know, the pride of Sydney Centre Point Tower. Yeah. And then here I am looking at a 16 kilowatt split ducted on top of a Caltech servo. Yeah. So <laughs> you've got to be, you've got to yeah. adapt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And exactly. uh, yeah, I'd probably give it a go, particularly if I was in a regional area. I'd be across whatever, mm. yeah, whatever yeah. comes up. You know, you just got to jump on it, and and regional communities need that. They yeah, need guys right. who are just going to get out there and have a red hot go, whatever comes their way. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and, and looking yeah. at the markets that the Airmaster look after, you've got your commercial buildings, as you said, you've got aged care, healthcare, data centres, education, transportation, you know, hospitality. It covers so much ground. Are there any of those that you haven't done that perhaps you might like to explore? Um, so with what we do as a business, um, yeah, I haven't had exposure to healthcare and medical a great deal. Um, I've done scientific and laboratory style work just yeah. with a couple of customers we have. Data centre work I've done a lot of over the years, that critical temperature. Again, I like that critical temperature environment. I like the pressure yeah. Yeah. to diagnose a job and get it fixed. 
um, yeah. I, I kind of at the time you're kind of hating it, but then yeah. when you get the job done and you're you're kind of having a having a beer afterwards, going how good was that? Yeah. yeah. Um, I kind of thrive on that pressure. Yeah. So it's good. Um, but yeah, the exposure to the medical hospital stuff would be it'd be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah is the um, is the diagnosis side? Does that appeal to you more than yeah? You know, most of the other stuff. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, diagnostics yeah. is, yep. and that's that's something with new technology. You need to be continually evolving as, a, as right. a mechanic. Yeah. Um, you need to be constantly looking at your diagnostics and how things work and yep. and your research and you know there's a lot of reading um involved yep. a lot of downloading manuals or photocopying books or talking to people i've got i've got some great colleagues i've yep. made some great friends in this trade yep. um and a really good friend of mine um has his own business and he is just applied cooling that's all he does yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's a walking encyclopedia yeah and has well, a handy great deal of experience <laughs> yeah yeah really handy guy to know yeah, but yeah. The, it's a two-way street yeah, with information right. yeah, flow, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm happy to help people that call me up, and then oh, there's people that I call as well, yeah. and 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 within Airmaster, the beauty of 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 being a, a national business is we have, you know, various specialists throughout the country. Yeah, um, we've reasons. got a lot of guys that used to work for OEMs as well, so you know you can draw on that experience. It's really yeah. you, you you're well supported if you want it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And what happens when you when a, when someone walks up to you and says, G'day, Scott, how you going, mate? What do you do for a living? What do you say? I'll tell them I'm a refrigeration mechanic. <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're variably, you know, would follow. No, you and you guys will probably be the same with this. And I think everyone out there is in the same boat when they say they're a fridge. People picture their domestic fridge yeah, or their 2.5 yeah. kilowatt split system That's in their right. bedroom and they're like, oh, my, you know, split system. You're like, no, nah, that's not what we play with. Not you know, my it's, it's, it's heavy industrial sort of yeah, stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting conversation starter, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Would, you, would, you, would you change it for anything else? No. Nah. No, nah. nah, I love it. Um, I fell into the trade really in a way in that I was studying, I grew up obviously in a country area. So I was uh, studying horticulture and agriculture at high school and I didn't want to go to uni. Uh, I've always been around cars and motorsports and things like that. So I had a mechanical aptitude at a very young age and I did work experience. And then I just, I loved, you know, refrigeration, reciprocating compressor is a lot like a car engine. There's a lot of shared componentry and cranks and con rods and pistons, things like that. So I was able to identify with the theory of how compressor operated. And then um, the opportunity came, I was always going to do a trade. And when I looked at it, my uncle's a high voltage electrician. Um, when I looked at, at going into a trade, you know, building trades are up and down. Fridges, lift mechanics, fire sprinkler fitters, you know, you go to any major city, those boys are flooded out 24-7. It's just the nature of the work. Mm. And, you know, and the, the variety and that, it just really appealed to me. So mm. I was lucky enough to get offered it and I wouldn't change it. Yeah. I would do things differently. Yeah, absolutely. Knowing what I know now, yes, yeah. I yeah. would do a lot of things differently. I would have done my dual trade yeah. straight out of TAFE. Yeah. The moment yeah. I got my certificate, from refrigeration, I would have been straight around the front signing up for the electrical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I started it, I haven't finished it, the electrical, and yeah. I'm not good at mathematics. Um, yeah. I never passed a math exam my whole high school, you know, I was hopeless <laughs> at it. And it shocks people who, um, who know me, who've grown up with me, that I'm working in a trade now where you're running numbers in your head constantly. Yeah. And and, you know, you're doing heat loads and chillers and all this sort of stuff. And it's all, it's all fast numbers. Mm -hmm. And it was just that I could apply the mass, but yeah, the electrical, the whole electrical theory is, is quite complex. Yeah. And being away from high school and from a classroom of one for a long time, it's a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I definitely to, to the younger guys out there, if you're coming out of your trade and you think you want to do your dual trade, just sign up for it and have a red hot go. Yeah. And don't discount doing your dual trade as a plumber. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you couldn't you couldn't mate, go wrong, really, could you? 
good commercial mechanical plumbers doing coolant towers and chilled water and, and uh, medical gas systems are hard to come by. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah don't discount yeah. Um, doing a dual trade as a plumber. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. No, yeah exactly. good, very good advice. Very have, good advice. Have you uh, had any apprentices in the journey? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, apprentices, uh, interesting. Um, again, with apprentices, you know, you've got to have good people skills in this in this trade. As a service mechanic, you're dealing with um, clients from all walks of life, all different backgrounds, different status. You know, you're dealing with quite wealthy people. You're dealing with your you run-of-the-mill, you know, shop and restaurant owners to see as a large organisation. Then you need to adapt your people skills to suit, and that comes with apprentices as well. Yep. We have a wide variety of apprentices from your 16-year-old school leavers to mature age. The Defence Force guys, I think, are fantastic. We've had a couple yeah. of ex-Defence guys come into our trade and into, into our business. And uh, they're, they're a fantastic um, because of their, they've come out of the Army. So, you know, they're used to instruction. Yeah. Or they're coming out of the Navy or wherever. They're used to instruction. They're used to, to critical thinking and things like that, which are skills that school leavers will develop. Yeah. These guys already have. Yeah, yeah. Um, what they lack in technical know-how, they make up for in just being able to turn up on time, follow instruction, and get yeah. the job done, mm-hmm. and yeah. take pride in what they do, which is also hugely important. Yep. Um, but yeah, like one of my greatest friends was an apprentice of mine. He was a personal trainer, and he wanted a career change, wanted something secure. He's got a, a wife and a young baby. He wanted a secure trade and something a bit of variety, and he's gone from, you know, basically zero knowledge to being one of the most competent tradesmen I've, I've seen. Yeah. And, you know, the world's your oyster as far as, as being able to upskill and keep your knowledge relevant. But yep. it, it's very dependent on the individual. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. 100%. You can't drag someone through an apprenticeship who doesn't want to be there. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, and I find in my personal experience, the older guys that are coming in as mature age are coming in because they've done something else and they want yeah. a career change. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's something that if, if people are looking to recruit and they're looking to build their, their uh, base and they want to grow their own tradesmen, as we call it, you, you certainly wouldn't, um, you know, you wouldn't be missing out putting on an ex-defence guy or a, yeah. uh, or a mature age. There's certainly um, some really good people out there that are looking to get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's yeah. for sure, and it's um, you know that's the difference between someone, as you say, who's sort of mature age and looking for that, has got that passion to to keep moving forward, right. and, as opposed to perhaps someone who's flicking through TikTok or something and not not as a bit disinterested there because he has to think so. I think we've all seen that across yeah. the board. Yeah. Um, you've got guys that are just you know on their phone, not really interested in what's going on. But the problem yeah. is they get they get by doing the bare minimum, and then when they're out on the roof of the servo at two o'clock in the morning with a cooler in down. Yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> they're getting blokes out of bed to ask basic questions. TikTok's yeah. not looking and so good then, is it? <laughs> no, this is the thing. And then you run into that. Yeah. You do. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I've had apprentices and I get a great amount of, I'm in a position now where I kind of want to give back. Yeah, yeah. Um, to the industry, I guess, is one way of putting it. But I, I'm quite happy to impart, and I, I don't know everything, I'm a superstar by any stretch, but... I would like to give back in a way where I can train guys, um, give guys a bit of knowledge, give them a bit of a leg up out in the field. Um, I'm happy for the guys that, that I work with to ring me up and say, look, I'm stuck on this job. Can you give me a hand? You know, I've mm-hmm. tried X, Y, and Z and it's not mm-hmm. working for me. Can you come out and help me? Like, I, I'm really in, I'm all for that. I'm all for mm-hmm. sharing knowledge. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm all for learning it as well. Exactly. You never stop learning. That's what keeps you fresh. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's keeps right. me going yep. is you never stop learning. There's always no. you go home. I, I, you know what? To be honest, I'd never used those cleaning kits to clean indoor units on split systems. Yeah, right. yeah. Never touched yeah. one in my life. Yeah, did it today for the first time. Yeah, but yep. there's guys out there who who do that probably five six times a day. Yeah, yeah. that's right. You know? Yeah, yeah. And exactly. it wasn't a big deal, but it was something. And I walked away quite satisfied with the job it did as well. So yeah, that's it. yeah. yeah there's, there's always oh, nice. something you can learn. Exactly yeah. right. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, that's, it's been a very, very interesting talk, mate. And I think that, yeah. uh, 
a master are, are a good thing. If 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 their employees are like you, mate, they're, they're doing they're doing all right for themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's a great organisation to work for. Um, where yeah, it's just I'm happy going to work, and I have mm. been happy going to work for you know. I mean, look, not every yeah every day is yeah. not always paradise. It's just, but that's the nature of the industry we're in as yeah. well. Um, but it's a great business. I like working there. My, I've got a great bunch of colleagues, and I've been able to move in a state and stay with the organisation. Yeah, so that's right. I've been able to see a bit of the country as well and do yeah. things that I otherwise wouldn't be able to do. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's another thing for younger guys going into the industry. If you're going to go work for a large company and look at opportunities, don't just look in your home state. You know, go to Brisbane, go to Melbourne, go yeah, to Adelaide. Right. You know, yeah. I went to Adelaide for my first time last year for the Adelaide 500. Oh yeah, I'd never been there. Did you and like, I'm glad like I it? went now. Yeah, it was oh, good, mate, I thought it was tip top. Yeah, it was yeah, really yeah. good. Great yeah. city, and people were really friendly and. You know, and I'm sort of looking around at the buildings as we're walking around the city, and yeah, there's like a really, really good feel. And that's how I ended up in Canberra. I yeah. went down there, you know, for summer nats, and I got an opportunity to go there, and I kind of really just liked it, so I packed up and yeah. moved there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. It's great. Like, it's yeah. brilliant that your career can can sort of uh, show you those experiences in open life, doors, and yeah. open doors, and things yeah. like that. So yeah, that's, there's, uh, there's a lot of variety to be had, and not just in what you do, but yeah. also where you live and who you yeah. meet. Yeah, mm. um, awesome. Well, that's very uh, that's very very good, and we're we're probably pretty much out of time. But what we'll do, uh, Scott, if you're happy to stick around, we'll uh, we'll jump into keep absolutely. It cool All right, right, let's go, Brad. So here we go. Keep the call in the hot seat, boys. We're going to uh, rip into uh, a few questions here. Uh, your shortest one-word answers would be appreciated there, Scott, if you can do that. And um, Brad, are you ready to hit the uh, go button? The big red button. If you don't mind. I'm going to hit it right now. Here we go. All right, Scott, if you were to write an autobiography, what would the title be? My life in pictures. <laughs> nice. If you could be a superhero, who would that person be? Um, interesting one. Probably Superman. Superman, okay. Yeah. If you if a song described your work ethic, what would the song be? Uh probably working class man. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh if you could uh sit with one celebrity or famous person for a chat, who would that be? Oh, that that list is long and illustrious. <laughs> um who would it be? Probably, you know, probably someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah? Just to get inside his mind. Not to talk about his gym work, but just to get inside his mind. Yeah. The old gov. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, when you go on vacation, what's the first thing you pack? Oh, the fridge. Yes. <laughs> If Hollywood made a movie about your life, who would you like to play the lead role? Jason Statham. Oh, yeah, I could see that. If you had to choose one meal for the rest of your life, what would that meal be? Sardo chicken. <laughs> That's a good one. Good uh, sucker for a Chinese feed. I've got a theory on Chinese restaurants. The daggier the decor and the more they look like they were built in the mid-70s, the better the feed's going to be. The better the feed. <laughs> yeah. oh, good, good call. Uh, describe yourself in three words. Uh, keen, dedicated, and not all that serious. <laughs> well done. Good. If you had a time machine, where's the first place you would go? I'll straight back to the 80s. Would you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm an 80s there. tragic. Yeah, oh, nice. Um, yeah. You used to don the mullet, did you, back in the day? I uh, probably could pull a mullet off to save myself. But <laughs> I, um, I, mean, I was born, obviously, in 81, but, yeah, just cool stuff. I've got I've got um, 80s cars out in the garage. and Yeah, you know, oh, really? I just identify with it. Obviously, growing up then, it was pretty good. Life what have you got really out there? Then. Uh, i got a couple of Dats and Bluebirds. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The old dados. We'll cut to that in a sec. Uh, name one thing everyone looks weird doing. Concentrating. <laughs> True. Your favourite swear word? My favourite swear word? Yeah. I can't, can't even repeat it here. 
Uh, and uh, Scott Kenny, your porn star name, please. Oh, I'd have to be Dirk Diggler the second. Nice, there you go. Oh, very good. Well, that's, uh, Not that's... junior. <laughs> Not junior. No, senior, senior. Uh, that's good. Um, mate, thank you for, get, for, for, for helping us out with those questions. That was a bit of fun. And um, mate, if people want to get in touch with Airmaster or yourself there, Scott, how do they do that? Ah, uh, look, I've got a Instagram page. It's obviously my personal page. It's not just work stuff. Yes. Yeah. Just pretty much I share a bit of everything off yeah. those on the data. Um, yeah, travel and that sort of thing as I get around the place. So yeah, I'm uh just skinny eighty one on Instagram. Nice. Um, Airmaster. If if people are interested in Airmaster, yeah, www.airmaster.com.au is our website. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you see one of the Airmaster boys in the street, just give them a high five and say g'day. Yeah, we're we're great blokes. Um, <laughs> self advertising, but yeah, yeah. They're, they're a good bunch of guys and and um. Yeah, we're, it's a great business. I, I like working there. It's, That's it's great, mate. Um, yeah, we've got a social media presence. Um, they they do have a Facebook page and they do have a couple of things on YouTube as well. Yeah, uh, I've noticed. So, well, they're into everything. Yeah. So I'd be surprised but, if they didn't. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. They're um trying to they're innovators. Um, yeah. Our 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 CEO and uh, Noel, our founder and CEO, is is a real innovative. Uh, guy and a, and a critical thinker as well so yep. he's always sort of looking at what can be done differently yep. yeah yeah and, and it rubs off the more time you spend with people like that it rubs off yeah, yeah for sure yeah, for sure well that's good mate well look thank you again for coming in and um we appreciate you giving up your time to be with us today um so yeah thank you for that no worries. Um, thanks for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. No worries, no worries at all, mate. No and uh, for anyone else who wanted to get in touch with us, Brad, how do they do that, please? Facebook, Instagram, the website, which is airconditioningpodcast.com. Yeah, airconditioningpodcast.com. And what else? Oh, YouTube? Or, yeah. Or, yeah. However you like. Whatever. Carry a pigeon. Don't yeah, really that's care. right. Yeah. yeah. And keep the reviews coming because they do. Yeah, yeah. But uh, definitely. until the next episode, Brad. That's your Ronda. See you guys. That's all for this episode of the Air Conditioning Podcast. Be sure to stop by at airconditioningpodcast.com to connect with us, as well as on Facebook and Twitter, and join in the conversation. Until next time, stay tuned, stay positive, and stay cool.